just think of it it's just pure math okay when you are like a million dollars 2 million dollars 5 million dollars at that time for you to grow your new revenue at 100% you need say x you know at a million dollars you need say x and when you get to you know 5 million you need a lot more so the kind of pipeline the amount of pipeline you need to continue to grow at that 100% 50 80% as you get grow or as you get bigger gets increasingly hard it gets so it starts getting very tough and if you are you know if you're largely depending on either inbound business or if you're largely depending on outbound business then you will start seeing you know the cost really hit the roof how many dbdrs can you hire how many you know how many of them can be truly productive can they get you two leads you know two meetings in a month four meetings in a month does that really take you to the kind of you know 4x or a 5x pipeline Hi everyone, I'm Arvind Parthivan. Welcome to Marketing Nation's SaaS Bhumi podcast new series and I have a very special guest Anand Venkatraman. Hi Anand, how are you? Arvind, uh, wonderful to meet you. Always great to catch up. Thank you for having me here. Hi everyone. Now, before uh, I I have to do a quick introduction about you like I think one of the best intros uh, you have like there are very few people in the country who had the opportunity to not just work with big corporates but also with startups like you have this experience from both the world you have been with salesforce you have been with akamai and then uh, you were in freshworks where we both got an opportunity to work together and then you were also uh, recently you were with uh, clevertap uh, one of the other startups uh, that you know so and lastly now you have uh, plunged into starting up uh yourself and uh, congratulations on that so you, anand is the ceo and co-founder of growthloop.ai so it's been an incredible journey for you and uh, did i miss anything anything you want to add <laughs> <laughs> thank you arvind i i would have you know possibly told the same thing uh, you know the only thing i would have wanted to add is you know i've, I've had the opportunity to work of course in big and small companies uh, learned a lot about structure a lot about organization learn about system policy on how you know big companies plan their businesses and go about delivering but you know once i joined a startup i realized that the life here is very different and you know a lot of this organization and big thought process and strategy needs to go out the window yes you need to be planned uh, you know in a way but it's you know heavily about execution so i'm i'm happy for all the training i got in the big companies but i'm really thrilled with the phenomenal experience that i've got in the last you know 5 years that i've been with the startups and i've also been fortunate to have seen the journey on both direct sales as well as indirect sales sides which you know makes me equally empathetic and understanding to the challenges of both yeah. sides so you know when people come to me with you know problems on either side or opportunity on either side i'm able to see this with uh, i would say more balanced lenses than people would normally be. so no, absolutely I'm, absolutely you know uh, just for the audience here right uh, anand uh, excels in lot of things uh, inside sales uh, uh, outbound partner channel and so on so like it uh, one episode is not going to do us the justice in covering all the topics so i'm i'm going to i'm going to actually narrow down on one topic today and uh, i know we can talk about uh, gtm as a whole function but uh, today the reason we want uh, you to actually educate our saas bumi audience uh, on this one particular niche of partner channel right like uh, this is something uh, which has been also an achilles heel for india right like india 
uh, Indian startups jump into outbound sales or they do organic and there are a lot of things which we do but there is this huge channel which usually we either start late or we we don't know when to start right like uh, I, I'm going to focus on partner channel today and I'm going to pick your brain and uh, 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 dig deep, deep into it so that's going to be the topic of the discussion today so let me jump straight into the first thing like the first question is can we let's break down the partner channel right there are so, so much like there are SI partners resellers wars there are, there are so many jargons which we use in the partner channel world i want to uh, want you to break down for someone who has never done partner channel and like if you were to tell them in a very simple word what is this channel what what what, what is this world like what what should we know uh, before we get into this awesome thanks thanks sir when i mean you are really taking me back you know, decades back in my life. I hope it doesn't you know show my age, but I will I will take it back. <laughs> okay. So you know when it comes to partners, I think one logical separation of these two will be the partners who do revenue for you and a set of partners who are say the technology partners who help in doing the other aspect of it, which I will cover. Uh, so the partners who will work with you and do revenue are typically, you know, you can call them as resellers. You know, these are the partners who will, you know, take your product, sell it to a customer. It could be like a, you know, margin-based business. It could be a, you know, transfer price. So they buy from you and sell it to a customer. Uh, and then they are also owning the sales part of it. So they're largely owning, you know, it's not that they're finding a lead and giving it to you and asking you to sell, but they own the sales aspect. They will manage pre-sales. They will close it. Uh, so that is what a reseller is. But over a period of time, uh, the resellers, you know, when the technology partnerships or rather when the, uh, you know, the partners started coming up in the SaaS or software space, they also started doing implementation. So these partners, when they do implementation, apart from, you know, the full scale selling, they are solution partners. So the whole bunch of uh, resellers who then call, started calling themselves as value added resellers because they were adding some value. Uh, finally, when they started doing implementation, they started being called as solution partners. So, you know, not to get confused. You know, solution partner is equal to, uh, you know, a reseller is equal to a VAR. So wherever you see these three names, they are actually the same set of people who could be, depending on the quality they bring on the table, depending on, uh, you know, the kind of experience they have, they could do a little more of technical work or they could do more of selling or they could do, you know, none of either. <laughs> you will find those partners also. So that is your reselling business. Now, on the sales side, you have another bunch of partners called referral partners. Okay, so these are, you know, typically partners who, you know, may understand your business or they may not understand the business, but they are just happy introducing you to some potential customers. Okay, so these are the referral guys and with the referral guys, all that you can expect is they can pass you some, you know, phone number, email ID, they can pass you a deal. And after that, they will sit away and they'll expect you to go out, close the deal. And after the deal is closed, you know, there is an expectation for them to, you know, receive some commission. Okay, so that is you know, what comes in as a referral, as a referral On top of both of these, you will have partners who are, you know, very deep system integrators. They're very large in size. You know, you, you can look at a company like a TCS or, or an Accenture, uh, you know, HCL. You know, these companies would also do some sort of a reselling, but they are actually selling a solution. They're selling a very large turnkey solution to a customer, very big, uh, you know, implementation that they're delivering some digital transformation work. 
there your products are going in as i won't call them as point solution but they are playing a part in the overall solution so those are global system integrators and you know as you become bigger as your target market becomes bigger then you may want to start looking at these kind of partners also so they also are largely playing on the revenue side so on revenue the smallest bunch could be the referral partners who are just giving you the leads and walking away and then in between are the reselling partners who will sell and they don't mind you being in the wholesale process they'll be happy that okay you come along with me and sell they will implement and close it they are resellers is equal to var is equal to solution partners and then on top of them the really large ones are global system integrators who actually don't have anything to do with you so they will say that i am closing this deal just stay back i will close it and be happy when the deal closes so they they are little they are very different to work with but uh, you know when it comes to really large solutions they are the guys who will be uh, the right sort of uh, folks on the other side on the technology side you have isv partners and with isv partners are typically the integration partners these companies help you in extending your solution so you know you know for example you know as as a product developer as a product builder you would know that you only want to focus on the core capabilities that is required for a product but anything in the adjacency you want to uh, you know work with a partner to build it out for you those adjacencies can actually open up the markets like for example uh, if you want to get into japan and uh, then you will need a line messenger as a part of your uh, as a part of your stack or in korea you will need kakao talk so for these it is better for you to work with you know these partners who will come and integrate and extend your solution so these are you know technically your isv solutions uh, and here again i will mark one more uh, you know difference in a sense that those isvs can be small or big like you know the smaller isvs are the one which are you know, relatively your size uh, they are happy to talk to you they are happy to engage they are ready to build they are ready to be they are they are you know happy to do co marketing co engagement and you know all the work with you and then you have the really large ones strategic ones like an aws google microsoft on on top of whose platform you are building so they are also you know technically uh, you know a technology partner and you work with them the way you engage with them is also a bit different yes sir perfect i think you literally broke down uh, in detail i think that has but also just to add one more thing i think there is also this uh, thing of your isv partners can also be a reseller you can resell their products as well and also they can also integrate as a value added uh, product also so um, super yeah so now i'll ask you the uh, interesting question right like see when it comes to isv i think product management team will want to come up with a list of uh, integration they want to do with uh, the other products to penetrate into the market that's where they first start with or getting listed in the marketplace and then comes sales where sales wants to uh, identify partners in different region where they don't have people or like maybe language issues or things like that so uh, depend on the partners to uh, uh, go and sell and then comes the value added resellers where instead of we selling our pre sales support team there then they are going to do implement or they code on top of it and do it like the story is this how will you structure the org where will it sit who will run this uh, because it touches multiple things it touches marketing it touches sales it touches product like how, the biggest challenge i i personally have seen when i is our partner thing is how will you prioritize who will own this should marketing own it sales own it or product own it how do you think the structure should be i mean i think different companies do it differently and uh, you know to an extent it also depends on uh whether you are a product driven company or a gtm or a sales driven company i think you know that part you know largely comes into play 
but what we need to realize is this partnership will go nowhere without the sponsorship of product so you know whether you make it set in sales and let product be the hero saying that this is your guy sitting in sales or this is your guy sitting in in channels or partnerships and you know doing the work or you put this person under product and tell the sales person that you know there is a close coordination between you two people and you know they will uh, i won't say take your orders but they will actually you know listen to your expectations and work with the product team to land it and coordinate and land it see either of these will work honestly but what is important is you know what is the level of comfort and coordination that exists between the sales and gtm teams uh, between the gtm and product teams i would say in smaller teams maybe it makes sense for us to have them sit with the uh, uh, with the product team to start with because there is so much uh, because those those teams are running fast there is a lot of fluidity in the thinking i would believe you know there are multiple things which are on the plate and there is also a tremendous amount of proactivity needed so when you when you are the small partner when you are starting off and you are when you are building things and you are working with a company which is you know similar size or larger than you then you should be able to execute on things very fast to retain the trust for tomorrow when you are talking about a co marketing engagement which depends on an integration in place or when you when your access to a market depends on a particular integration in place then how fast you can integrate this how fast you can bring into your roadmap and deliver really matters because everything else you know finally becomes secondary so somewhere if the uh, you know if the gtm leadership you know takes a back seat and understands that you know we're all in the same game we're all you know fighting for the same thing you know uh, as long as we get the you know the strategies aligned to uh, to the revenue goals strategies aligned to the growth goals and the product teams are working along with us in prioritizing what what is for us you know we'll be fine so i think you know for smaller companies maybe it is fine for it to be with the product teams but as they become larger you know it might make sense you know for them to work with the sales teams because you know now the sales teams as they become big as the gtm teams and channel teams become bigger there is already an extent of a little bit of a separation that forms between the product teams because now you are bigger right you are sitting in different locations in different offices and then it's no longer people catching up over uh, you know water cooler and just getting things done you have to block meetings you have to book meetings and you know hopefully the times and the stars align for you to get things done and, and the teams will own a uh, target as well like once yeah, we get yeah. to a point of uh, so and the channel team will have a target as well yeah, yeah. <laughs> they will also exactly yeah. they will carry a target so you will need one person sitting in the sales team who's taking all ownership who's taking the ownership of educating uh, you know the, the the revenue folks telling them what is coming in and being the champion for what is expected on the market and taking it back to the product teams and getting it done so i think it's a journey you know i would say both can work but you know if you were to you know really think of one way or the other then i would say for small teams it makes sense for it to start with the product because it is very very heavily product driven without product sponsorship irrespective of the team size nothing works uh, but when it becomes slightly bigger then it is good for it to sit with sales so that thought process like you said the revenue mindset has to come in and you you know we are not focusing on those really fancy use cases that look good on a website but you know something which really solves the problem of a customer so that's where you know moving into the side makes sense absolutely so i'm going to just a uh, little bit deep dive into one one particular use case and this is keeping in mind most of our indian saas companies are start, just starting up to invest in partner channel and they don't have a brand like uh, how freshworks used to or salesforce have like when we 
as a small startup try and go and reach out to any kind of inter- integration partners or isp partners or even reselling partners right uh, where do we start like it's very easy for them to also not easily reject us like if you were to give some tips on how you identify these partners and how you actually what you should be, prepare like some checklist of things you should go with to get those partners on board would be really helpful yeah, great great question great question arvind and very relevant because you know when you're working for a you know relatively a new startup then you know the responses are different i mean the same people when they send those sequences email sequences from a google they get responded maybe the response right. is better when they send it maybe from a growth group nothing comes so these things happen it is just this is how the reality is and and brand and size really plays a plays an important role so you know the way i'll think of it is uh, we need to have a very good clarity on what our ideal partner profile will be so just like you know if you have a clarity on what our ideal customer profile is we should also actually write it down just you know spend some time thinking what kind of partners you know we need to onboard what kind of partners we will need to work and i'll just step back a little more in some sort of you know thought process and strategy has to be in place while you know in startups we will say we don't you need to spend too much time on strategy but when it comes to this at least we need to start thinking and and writing down on you know what are we expecting from this partnership are we are we looking for revenue here are we looking for uh, you know market expansion are we looking for uh, you know implementation services what is the outcome we are trying to drive by bringing in the partner i think that would be you know the most important piece for us to do and if we were to think of revenue uh, you know naturally most startups will want to start with that how do i get my next customer where do i get my next customer that's where we may want to just think of uh, an ideal partner profile which is emanating from your icp just think of it uh, while we say that we are selling to a b2b customer it's by doing we are doing a b2b sale it is actually you know people selling to people uh, it's just that right i mean it's just that we are sitting in two different businesses and we are interacting with each other but it's all at the end of the day relationships so we will first need to understand for your icp you know the customers who are with you which kind of partners they buy from just do a simple analysis go back and ask them and ask them hey do you have any partners selling to you so who sells to you which are your top partners just start writing that list down because you know this is your icp this is your sweet spot this is where you want to sell and if you write down all kinds of partners who are selling into that icp then you will be able to get to some commonality on what kind of what profile of partners are actually selling to these customers okay nice. so uh- that will give you a little bit of an insight on what kind of partners you will want to go after it will give you a sense of what is the size of the partner how many employees they can have what is the revenue range you know what geographies you know how do they sell you know what kind of vertical capability they have you know what other complementary products they are selling so this will give you a sense of you know a profile of partners that you will want to focus and then you reach out to the partner and you know with that in mind even before you start reaching out to the partners it will be important for us to do you know our internal math on what a unit economics for a partner looks like because they are coming in to make money and uh, we are expecting them to invest money and if we can't show that they can make money even on excel sheet <laughs> in real life nothing will happen so at least you know write it down draw it on an excel sheet saying in year 1 
you know, for this is the kind of money you can make. This is the number of customers you can have. This is the uh, this is the you know top line you will make. This is the bottom line you will make. These are the implementation services you will derive on the next year. There is so much of uh, you know recurring money that comes in. Additional new customers. Just you know, put it together in a way that on paper when they look at it, it looks like yes, you know, this uh, this, this is doable. This is really doable. Also, add investment, saying that you know for your for us to get to this. This is the number of people you will need to put in. In year one, I want you to do this. Year two, I want you to add maybe a technical person, something like that. So, you know, some sort of a clarity on, you know, what is the investment needed? And in, you know, an ideal scenario, not even ideal scenario, say uh, in an average scenario, not, not the best, best, you know, scenario, what is the kind of money they can make and what kind of money they can make in the best, uh, the best case scenario. So this will give them some confidence that, you know, this is doable. I mean, uh, th- this is possible. Also, you know, talk about the kind of customers you have. So they'll be able to relate the customers with where they sell. So for them, if they look like, okay, these look like the customers we anyway service. So looks like this product also we can sell. And another important part for everybody to do I mean, here is we need to be very open and ask them, what does your account book look like? So very, very clearly ask them, show me, if they can show, tell me your customers, how many customers do you have? Who are your customers? So if once you have that clarity, if they don't have a good account book, then there is no point in having two guys who don't have any customers. So nothing is going to come out of. So we should the so we should just go through this, figure out how many customers they have, what kind of customers they have. Those customers are they fitting into the kind of profile that we want to engage? Because those are the things we've anyway ticked and we've taken off. Uh, if they have a good set of customers. Uh, and we have shown them what money they can make. Also ask them very clearly, so what is your vision from the partnership? When you sign a new partner, what do you expect? How much money do you expect? Do you expect a million at the top line, two million, three million, five million? Just be very clear. What is the bottom line you expect? If there is alignment in what we are putting on paper versus what is there in their mind and with the other dots that we have ticked off, like ICP selling, IPP, you know, account book, etc., and the investment, then it looks like a good partner for us to work with. So that will Im- increase our success to be successful, you know, increase our rate to be successful. But then there are again, you know, there are multiple pitfalls for us to make that work as well. But at least you will have partners who you believe are the best position to help you be successful in your business. If you go with Absolutely. Yeah. No, I think there are two points which I want to also a little bit uh, talk about is, See, ICP, when you mentioned about ICP, it's very, very important. Like, for instance, what we are doing at SuperOps is we are in an established market and already most of the partners are in bed with one vendor. So when you said ICP, like immediately we were thinking about what we did is we actually picked the vendor partners who are selling to enterprise. Okay, they are already selling to enterprise and they already work with competitors like ConnectWise or Kaseya. And they will actually come across deals which they can't sell at that cost point to connect by with. So they will have to look for alternatives. So their account book had uh, small businesses and they didn't have any vendor, medium and uh, small businesses. So like it's okay to even they being partners with your competitors, but not in your same uh, market size. And uh, ICP of that uh, level of un- understanding should also be done and the second thing which um, uh, which I wanted to little bit double click on is uh, as you said right like their account book and how much uh, uh, they will be making and what kind of investment uh, they will be making so I in the initial days 
like as a startup right? i think this is also a challenge because they won't have a budget to uh, develop partner channel in the initial days so like how like and also because you are new they are not going to allocate an individual immediately and they are going not going to spend a lot in the initial days like how do you uh, expect like one of the things which we were trying to do is to make sure that the leads are provided by us in the beginning and if then probably they hire and allocate people and then do it like can we talk a little bit on how you can get them onboarded because we still are growing and uh, we, need, we we want them to get the trust absolutely i think you hit the nail on the head because it is one thing to find the right partner which is also hard to you know onboard the partner is also very hard so what we have done or what we had done was we had created a separate team which was only gold on finding partners so they'll bring partners they'll bring all this analysis bring in the best bunch of partners and then how do you make them productive is a hard job man it's tough it's tough and i say 80 to 85% of your partners will fall off because they will not be able to get those three deals which will give them the confidence that going forward it's going to be useful so we have to you you are very right we have to feed the engine you have to you know put some effort because you know first of all you know it's not the best known company it's a new product which is coming out and we realize it's a hard sell and we are expecting them to come in and do the all the hard work for us do the heavy lifting then at some point you know at some space we are you know we are not being realistic so you know we we could look at you know giving them leads maybe we can you know as a part of a partner program if we you know even if it's the smallest you know company starting off it's good to have a partner program some structure where you can say i'll give you some mdf there is some money which i'm allocating to you for you to go to your own demand generation so you can do your events you can set up you know for each lead i'll give you so much so there is some something some some you know some uh, you know incentive you can tie to activity rather than the final outcome because you know we are all working towards it uh, that is one thing we can do what we can also do is uh, you know after, beyond giving leads we can tell them you show me your customers i will do the selling so just i'll, I'll you know while you're doing a referral but i will take you as a reseller don't worry so we'll work with you i will do the selling you come with me on all calls you learn from me and then you know we do three deals and you will learn how to do it then one more thing what you could do is uh, we we could actually make them into you know find good partners who can do implementation and start giving them implementation services so you know after the deal is done you know i'll say even the initial implementation we will only have to do and they will do documentation but at least they can come in and they can be a part of it they can learn and they will start making some money and because these partners are coming from a world where they have access to the customers they know our icp etc they will always position a product which they know well you know between the two so whatever makes them look better in front of the customer that is what they will share nobody wants to you know look ignorant in front of a customer so you bring them into the mix you know take them for meetings and tell them it is my deal but you come i'll give you some money it's okay some commission i'll give uh, my deal is closed you come do the implementation so once they go through this process a few times then they will feel good they'll get confident and they'll start positioning them so we will have to you are very very right we will have to feed the engine unless we are a very large company where you know the demand just comes and they have to be there to create the demand if they have to sell then we have to feed it no absolutely right it's it's a long term investment and it's okay to leave some money on the table and uh, and that channel has to pick up and more and more partners believe in you 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 have that uh, ripple effect on it right so uh, just to uh, 
ask you a broad question so that from your experience and i think only you will be able to answer this like what do you think would be the top challenges in setting up a channel uh, for startups or even from your experience like if you were to like say hey look out for these things so that you don't have you avoid these mistakes which i did in my experience like what would be the top three challenges okay so i think first thing i will say is getting management sponsorship it is so important I mean, it is. It's not like direct sales where where the efficiency, the sales efficiency, is very easily visible. Like it's evidently visible. You know, when a rep is not performing, the number is not delivered. Then you can really see that something is not happening. Something is not landing. But when it comes to channels, it's a long game. You you are very right in saying it's a long game, and it has to be understood and expected and worked towards as a long game. So that's where you know while the the plan is being put together you know the thought process is in we should make it abundantly clear to the management that you know you ask me all tough questions every day but you look for a three year horizon <laughs> don't look for a you know next month you ask me all tough questions i'm ready to answer and of course there will have to be milestones that you need to cover etc but you know that management sponsorship is super 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 important and i've seen you know many times the partnerships not go all the way and they get stalled or broken because you know somewhere somebody thinks that hey i'm putting money but nothing is coming but it's a long game just just give it time there will be signals i mean as a management you have to look for signals you have to ask for show me show me the partners you have show me the pipeline they are generating what is their level of activity engagement so that will give you signals on whether things are on track or not but you know it's a long game give give it the long game so that you know that i think is uh, is a, is a challenge the second part i would think will be uh, you know not establishing rules of engagement early enough okay this is like super super critical because you are introducing uh, you know another channel another bunch of people who will operate may in, maybe in the same market as your direct sales teams and they will uh, you know they may reach out to the same set of customers if you if you've not thought through it then what happens you know they they are reaching out to your existing customers then what happens so you will have to and if two partners are fighting which is like you know the most common then what happens then what happens so really establishing those rules of engagements are super super important and i can tell you from my experience even in the you know larger companies many times the rules of engagement is not understood like in one of my previous organizations uh, you know i would not like to name them but uh, if we had a situation where a new partner will you know walk into every renewal active renewal of another partner and try to undercut and then this was happening for way too long got to know and then we had a you know we had a long conversation because we had to cut it but there were no rules of engagement imagine you know a company of that size not having anything in written saying that you know you can't go in and sell into another company's territory and you know another partner's existing business it was not there it was unwritten but it was always a gentlemanly expectation that you will not do it so you know largely it was not done but you know it started happening so we had to just shut it down every time in the quarter end there were deals which had to be logged in and the you know company will you know buckle under pressure and take it chalo i mean this deal has come through this other partner but we'll take it but we had to just put a stop to it nothing doing you know if the deal doesn't go through doesn't go through but we cannot let this happen so many times those rules of it needs to be written down it's need to it needs to be communicated conveyed and if they are not being followed then you there have to be repercussions so that is the second thing why you know these tend not to happen the third will be um, 
I think the resourcing will also be critical. Having very clear roles and responsibilities on, you know, who's going to own what, you know, how will the teams work together? So are you managing revenue? Are you a revenue holder? Are you a pipeline holder? You know, how do you work with the, you know, different teams? I think that that part needs to be solved. Uh, and then uh, also important would be, you know, some marketing budget. So, you know, it can come from, you know, in form of an MDF or something, but, you know, make it an independent sales motion in a sense that, you know, they don't need to keep coming back and asking, you know, you know, the marketing leader for some money to do something. There has to be, you know, as long as you can bring the, uh, as long as you can have the accountability, but you can bring the decision making like two levels down where things can move a lot faster, maybe at a channel partner level where there is a small allocation for people to go do their own marketing effort, then that will also make sense. That is, I would say, the fourth thing. And the most important of all, most important of all is invest in a PRM, you know, partner relationship tool stack early, as early as possible. Because everything we discussed, everything we discussed will fly on emails. <laughs> it will happen on calls if you don't have a system which is tracking it. I think if you're getting into the partner world, if you want to sell to the partners, then that will be your best investment on day one. I mean, you may not spend too much money if you're starting with the day one, but it is so, so, so important. Everything that you have here can be implemented. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to double click on uh, PRM and the marketing development fund. I think uh, it, it's important, right? Like PRM, as you said, like it's not just about identifying and hiring, but onboarding PRM is going to help a lot. And most importantly, imagine we having our sales team here and marketing team sitting together. There is al- already so much of gap in what kind of sales enablement I need to go and uh, close and everything. And there is other factors like uh, language, region, different kind of challenges with uh, partners will go through. And the only thing which is going to help is this uh, PR. Maybe first time it will be just the, uh, the communication between the account manager and the channel. But PRM is really, really important in having a structure, onboarding, and help for them to go and close and being the extended arm. I think uh, investing in PRM is very, very critical, as you said. Uh, uh, and about this MDF, also, I want to talk about this, right? A lot of times, uh, for all the startup founders here, we think that, hey, this is a channel, and it's not an organic channel. You need to also see, uh, measure the metrics with, Hey, what is my cost of customer acquisition? How much, like, how much am I spending for per lead? We are okay to spend uh, $300 a click or $1,000 per uh, uh, lead, but with, uh, right? like, but when it comes to partner channel, like, we don't look it into the same lens. So it is, it is important to have the same CAC, cost per lead, cost, uh, cost of, and payback. We can also calculate, in my experience, I think uh, you can validate this. Usually partner channel, the payback period will be much lesser than the actual paid channels. Correct. Correct. So I think think it's worth investing uh, MDF and uh, trying this channel. It will bring your cost of customer question in very early days. Absolutely. (laughs) It just takes me back to what I was saying earlier. At the end of the day, while it is a B2B sale, it is people selling to people. And if you can find people who have some relationship or access into an account, at this stage, this is the best thing we can ask for. And if they are ready to put you in front of the customer, after that, it's, you know, early days, it is your ability, your product, you know, you know what you can do with the opportunity you have. 
but then over a period of time the partner will be able to do it on their own i think you completely you absolutely hit the nail on the head super and i have two tactical questions uh, i know uh, we have been talking a lot of strategies two tactical questions see i i both in my manager engine days and i think from freshworks and now even on supravs the one challenge which i have seen is see most of our vendors are legacy competitors are legacy vendors who are on on prem okay and the partners in on prem usually get a higher commission right because uh, it's basically they hosted sometimes they it is not cloud and every instance has to have will have a different kind of challenge and the local presence will get a higher commission uh, so they have more business from the legacy vendors on top of it and they get support revenue from uh, uh, on premises the moment it goes to cloud the partners feel like they are losing control because we can directly fix things from here the issues l2 issues are going to come down and they making more revenue out of implementation hosting all this goes away right what are your few tips on uh, recruiting ch- channel partners or giving them revenue streams other than just that commission like it can be 50 to 20 or 25% even you can't go up to 40 or 45 like how on prem does but is, is there any tips and tricks which you think we should keep in mind in recruiting these kind of partners a few things we can do i think you you were very right in saying that you know i think you know to to be very honest the challenge was much bigger let's say you know 7 8 5 6 years ago also when you know on prem was there quite significant but saas was slowly coming up but now when you look at most categories in most categories the fastest growing you know all kinds of software the fastest growing category will be saas so saas is really moving up and not just not only in terms of growth even you know the category the largest players themselves are as largely becoming saas so even the partners now realize that the fund they had with on on premise may not be you know as much and you know with as many vendors going forward earlier everybody was on premise so you could choose between many but now maybe there are few on premise vendors who are managing to you know deliver but most people are you know uh, looking to move towards saas and it's a customer's decision which you know is very hard for uh, you know for anybody to change i mean the whole customer the used user ecosystem is moving towards saas and that is what they prefer subscription is what they prefer uh, and when that happens you know in one way uh, you know the partner realizes that they have to be open to subscription billing they'll have to be open to maybe a smaller business to start with and over a period of time uh, the revenue will multiply what i would say is you know in these cases the best will be the best case scenario will be to look for partners who are operating in your customer space who understand who understand subscription business and i'll take the example of fishworks here uh, our initial cust- our initial partners were all from g suite because you know, the big partners they wanted big margin they wanted you know large arpa they wanted big implementation services but the g suite guys understood subscription model they understood that deals are smaller but they are you know numerous and a subscription so over a period of time the compounding will happen the money will multiply so they got it they really really got it so you know if the partner doesn't understand it if if they want to keep you know beating up and saying you know i only want to do this then you know don't break your head over it because you know if they've not understood till now they've not understood because we go and tell them 
but you know when it comes to you know finding partners just try to you know make them understand again show that math saying that year one year two year three this is how the money goes up and show this as the money going up exponentially we we had done some of these you know graphs when we had started the uh, uh, you know the ecosystem expansion we had some good slogans i'll you know i'll tell you along when we talk on one <laughs> so <laughs> quite interesting stuff which we could take to the market and got the partners interested so you know one would be you know come back coming back to your question one would be you know we can show them how the commission or the you know money will uh, you know compound because when it comes to on premise they will make maybe 40% the year one after that it is maintenance which is only 20% of the whole product so what money will you make so your money starts diminishing and you have to sell so much more to continue to make the same money and now you don't have so many buyers who are ready to buy more so i think they are already feeling the pain so if you go and show this that the money compounds then they will you know smart businessmen will get it and they will try to come on your side what you could also do is give them implementation services like even direct deals if you close you know if you think it's a partner of great promise then you bring them in and tell them hey you implement this one then there is some extra money which is which is coming which is coming through this is the other part and of course i mean throw in some mdf initially maybe don't link it to revenue just you know if a, if a partner has promise then against the target they have you give them a give them an mdf and say you know we'll run with this for 6 months and see where it goes i mean in uh, in some cases if uh, if the company is very big that that is the, the vendor that, that is if we become big and the partner is very strategic then maybe you know in some cases you can look at co-funding also so that co-funding is becoming quite exciting in the market big players have started doing it and uh, when you want to get into a new geo uh, you know a completely different culture and language and all of that i mean you, if you want to just try that out you want to pilot and put two people and see you know whether the market is ready for you you know you can maybe take this approach get two people who are completely committed go and try to sell and uh, maybe we can iterate and get a pmf there if it doesn't happen then we can exit without much pain so you know there are some of these options which are on the table but of course a lot of it will depend on you know what you're selling where you're selling and you know some intricacies can be brought in. i hope this helps me oh that that was wonderful i think that answered a <laughs> uh, uh, brilliant question So Anand I think with that uh, I have only one last uh, question that's a very uh, so what's your biggest pet peeve as a founder this is more like a about you question no I won't I mean I think it's too early for me to call anything as a pet peeve but I think what I would say is I'm getting to the motions to uh, to understand how it is to be a partner to operate alone to work alone to do everything alone I think that is the part which is at this stage starting for me. Uh but I honestly I'm enjoying it. So I won't call it a pet peeve, but I know that once the product comes out and once I start taking it to the customers then uh you know there would be a lot more a, a different kind of an experience which will come my way. But what I'm doing right now is you know I'm talking to a lot of people and I'm, I'm validating what my thoughts are, taking to them. You know sometimes you know I don't like what I hear because it is not what I'm building. and that really you know sinks me and takes me down but there are days when they say oh this is amazing this is great and this is what i have in mind those days i'm so thrilled i say yeah my life is made so all what i can say right now is either i'm extremely happy or extremely sad so there is nothing in between but over a period of time is when uh, when i would say i will really experience this in a different way maybe when we you know speak next year if you decide to invite me again at that time i'll have no absolutely <laughs> i think we, we <laughs> 
we are going to have uh, episode 2 and 3 with you i think uh, to be really honest it was really informative and uh, so much uh, uh, like this is has so much potential i think we need to as startups we need to think about multiple channels it's it's not just about getting product market market fit it's about also getting the gtm business market fit and having multiple channels not just to get to a million dollar or 5 million dollar it's about having predictability in different channels to get to 50 or 100 million yeah i think this is to all the founders who are listening in uh, you know few thoughts from my experiences see you can never be a large company if you don't have partners so you know i have seen big companies so i'm saying this you know not with arrogance but you know with experience and humility because i've seen this from very close it does not take you does not make you very big if you don't have more hands which are selling it for you and with you know with the kind of motion that initially gets built out when you don't have a channel just think of it it's just pure math okay uh, when you are like a million dollars 2 million dollars 5 million dollars at that time for you to grow your new revenue at 100% you need say x you know at a million dollars you need say x and when you get to you know 5 million you need a lot more so the kind of pipeline the amount of pipeline you need to continue to grow at that 100% 50 80% as you get grow or as you get bigger gets increasingly hard it gets so it starts getting very tough and if you are you know if you're largely depending on either inbound business or if you're largely depending on outbound business then you will start seeing you know the cost really hit the roof your inbound may not you know it may not be as cheap your I mean, if you can ex- be extremely efficient which companies are that you may do well but you will still have an aspiration to outbound how many dpdrs can you hire how many you know how of them can be truly productive can they get you two leads you know two meetings in a month four meetings in a month does that really take you to the kind of you know 4x or a 5x pipeline you need to win i mean it's a it it just feels very very linear and it is completely stacked up against you if you don't start building this right away and when it comes to you know channel it is very non linear you can you you can run channels like you run sales like you can build partners you can actually count the capacity they have so i would you know want to see the channel rep not the you know not the channel head but i want to meet and see you know which guy is selling so i know who's that person whether this guy can sell this girl can sell or not so all of them are your sales people so try expanding that capacity even if 30% 40% of them deliver then you have that additional pipeline which can take you otherwise you know this part will only take you that far is is my final humble suggestion uh, absolutely then you summarized it better uh, so I, it is important to know when to start this as early as possible and this is this you can't build a great business without partner channel and you have to understand it's not just one market we are pa- focusing on multiple markets and you need the local partners to help you grow your business so with that anand thank you so much for being on our marketing nation saas bumi podcast season 2 and looking forward to hosting you again uh, in a broader topic in gtm and good luck with your new journey and thank you so much once again thank you arvind it was you know wonderful being here and it's always great to catch up with you uh, i'm hopeful that these uh, these were helpful and and i reach out to the founders and you know i'm always available if anybody wants you know wants to reach out for any help you know i'm only a call thank you again